This is Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, episode number 72. Today, we are talking about professional and personal well-being and how both contribute to living a balanced and resilient life. So don't go away. Hi, healthcare leaders. I'm Tracy Christofferson. And I'm Michelle Trosett. We're your hosts for Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, and we are so grateful you joined us today. You're about to see healthcare problems and challenges through a brand new lens and take your leadership to a whole new level with this podcast. We've coached healthcare leaders from across North America for over 30 years as they strive to establish healthy healing organizations and thriving work cultures. This is the only podcast that shows healthcare leaders how to apply polarity thinking, the missing logic in healthcare to their reoccurring challenges so they can stop wasting time, money, and resources on fixes that fail. If you want to create a healthy healing organization where staff and leaders thrive and perform at their highest level, where values are aligned, outcomes are sustainable, and the highest quality of care is delivered, then this podcast is for you. Keep listening. Each week, you're going to learn how to leverage a polarity mindset and manage competing priorities as we use a polarity lens to explore everyday challenges with the leaders who are striving to manage them. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, this is Tracy. And this is Michelle. And we are back again. Back again for another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. Yes. Yeah. And this is a solo episode, and this is a topic that's near and dear to our heart. Oh, it is. So are we ready to get going? Hey, let's just dive right in. Let's dive in. So prior to COVID-19 pandemic, burnout was a major issue in healthcare. And um, we knew that. We were talking about it way back then. And then in October of 2019, the National Academy of Medicine released a consensus study taking action against clinician burnout, a systems approach to professional well-being. And you can also refer back to our podcast episode number 31 when we featured the whole report. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we're going to be exploring the interdependent relationship between professional well-being and personal well-being. So they're both very important, and that's what this podcast is all about, right? Is that you can't have professional well-being without personal well-being, and you can't have personal well-being if you don't have well-being as a professional. That's what it's all about. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Really, they're interdependent. And uh, so we're going to take a look at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. And uh, this is the struggle out there. Healthcare leaders have a double burden when it comes to professional well-being and personal well-being. You probably already know that healthcare leaders need to be role models for others. We hear that all the time, like they're the role models, they're out there for the clinicians. And uh, that same is true when it comes to well-being. And they care deeply about each person on their team's professional and personal well-being. So there's a lot of well-being accountability there, Tracy. There is. There is for sure. And yeah, and so it's all at the individual level too, right? It is. It is. So it can become more of a burden if there's not an understanding about this dynamic that professional well-being and personal well-being are interdependent. And the leader or his or her team members, they're not going to achieve balance and resilience without taking dual action on both sides of these well-being states, personal and professional, professional and personal. Yeah. Well, and the dual action is all about achieving that, right? It's all about achieving well-being in both aspects of your life. And... The key here is that this isn't this is for leaders and clinicians. 
Both. Yes. It's both. Yes. It's not just about the clinicians and it's not just about the leaders. It's about both. You know, and if you're like many healthcare leaders, when it comes to well-being and challenges, do come at the professional level. They do come at the personal level. We all are experiencing that, have experienced that. So let's just talk a little bit about the um, the professional well-being, what the characteristics of that are. Sure, let's start there. And in the um, national in the National Academy of Medicine report on clinician burnout, I think it was page fifty-five. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I get I get them all earmarked. Yeah, <laughs> in highlighted, in highlighted, and written in the <laughs> columns, right, in the outside tabs, and yeah, me too. I do that too. Um, anyway, we digress. <laughs> Our habits. <laughs> anyway, that's where you can find some of these characteristics mm-hmm. listed. And um, this is really about professional well-being. And so how they describe it is it's job-related, uh, generally a function of job satisfaction. It's about finding meaning in work, feeling engaged and fulfilled in work, and having a high-quality work life and professional fulfillment. So those are some of the characteristics of professional well-being. In addition, the report also shares that there's little known about how to measure professional well-being, what contributes to professional well-being, and which benefits are derived from the professional well-being of clinicians. Right. And of course, the report is about clinician well-being, it but is. as we've said... We propose this is applicable to leaders as well. Yeah, and very important that we look at the leaders and probably need to do those same things, you know, make all those measurements in that whole leader cohort, right? So we can learn more and understand more about that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think some studies on burnout and uh, healthcare leaders would be really great. I do too. I do too. Mm-hmm. So with that kind of setting the stage of what the characteristics are, professional well-being, you know, we're left with just the realities that we are, um, you know, we are experiencing chronic imbalance of job demands and job resources. That's very much a reality out there. Then you layer on that all the COVID-19 demands and uncertainties. Remember, this report came out before the pandemic. And it's had a really big toll on professionals out there. Um, you know, it's impacted everything from, you know, you know, graduating from schools to um, postponing speaking events to impacting travel that was work-related professionally. Um, so it's had it's had this whole other effect on professional well-being, yeah. the, the pandemic. It has. Yeah. It certainly has. And, uh, and, and some of these things, right, we've got no control over. Right. They're just external to us. They're happening to us, right? And, and then what happens is then we have kind of our own personal response to that. And everybody responds a little bit differently. Um, and this overwhelm, right, can range from mild to severe, Mm-hmm. And um, and an extreme example of suffering from the negative consequences of the lack of professional well-being is the case of Dr. Lorna, Lorna Breen, a New York City ER physician. Uh, her sister described her as becoming overworked and despondent during the COVID-19 surge, and she ended up committing suicide on April 26th. And uh, her sister and Nam wrote a perspective paper on this as well, which I think you can get on the Nam website. Yeah, we can put it in our show notes too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, you know, such a sad, sad case, right? Mm-hmm. And probably not the only one. No, nope, there's been many. definitely many. That's right, too many. Yes, exactly. And um, and then 
you know, the other thing that can happen as well is you end up feeling like you're just in this drudgery zone at work, right? You're just plowing through. It's like walking through, you know, mud, right? Or standing in quicksand and it's just sucking you down, right? When you're experiencing a lack of, um, you know, resources and support for the work that you need to do, right? So when you kind of get into that mode, these are some of the things that you start to feel internally and experience. In addition to exhaustion, you disengage from the work environment, and you can even experience moral distress. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the lack of alignment, right? Right, right. And of course, you know, what 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 we've seen happen too, Tracy, is that there's this phenomena that's now occurring where the clinicians are really being held up as the superheroes. And um, there's just a lot of pressure to live up to that now while they're drowning, while they're experiencing this struggle with professional well-being. And it's really a challenge because they don't feel comfortable coming forward with it. And it's very interdependent. That piece of it is very interdependent to the personal well-being. Right. Right. It's just, it's so connected to that, so close. And there's really not a definition or characteristics of personal well being in the report. Um, in fact, there was a comment on page 46 that stated individual factors such as personality traits and personal experiences play a role in the effects of job demands and resources, although that role is less important than that of the job demands and resources themselves. Um, And the report also says that, it. uh, so we thought it was really interesting to note, that it defines burnout as a syndrome characterized by high emotional exhaustion, high depersonalization, and a low sense of personal accomplishments um, from work. So, there's a lot of personal stuff yeah, in there, yeah, right? Right. And we we get the whole notion that, you know, we have to we have to deal with the system issues and everything. Um, but we do have to look at this personal well-being, the personal aspect of all of this, because it's really, really important. And, you know, we celebrate the NAM report. We think it's awesome that it's put clinician burnout front and center. Uh, and we do recognize that professional well-being and personal well-being are equally important. And it calls for some polarity intelligence around this whole, you know, this whole issue. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit uh, more about that later. Well, yeah. And I, I think uh, I think there was an intention and a focus, right, in the yes. report. Yes. And I think, you know, like with every report, it opens you up to look at what are other possibilities, what are other things that we need to look at. And we're just saying there's a polarity here, right? right. There's multiple polarities here. Um, but this one is is really important. And both have to be addressed. And I think and as, you know, with the system issues that definitely need to be addressed because the environment is critical to both of these, it right? It is, yes. Um, we can't underestimate what individuals need for personal well-being. Right. And that that's going to play a a big impact on their ability to have that professional well-being. So in general, when we're talking about personal well-being, that's associated with kind of having a meaningful existence. It's about good quality of life, positive health outcomes, you know, those types of things. 
And clinicians and healthcare leaders can experience difficulty in meeting personal needs because of the many competing demands in the health system. Mm-hmm. And and now COVID on top of all that, right? So we keep talking about that. It's like COVID's a blanket over everything, right? Right, right. And, you know, there's a lot of um, leaders specifically that, you know, they feel guilty, right? Because they want to be role models, for their teams, for the staff that they support, right? And they want to be role models for personal well-being to show people that, you know, they can take care of themselves and and all of that, right? Um, but there's a lot of demands on them. They work mm-hmm. long hours, right? As a leader, you're accountable 24-7. There's a lot that they're carrying. Um, and so they end up kind of just sliding into that belief that, well, this is just how it is, right? And yep. I have to just suck it up because this is a part of the job. Right. Part of my job is to be on the ready and available 24-7. Yeah. And and they, that sacrificing my family time is just a part of it, right? And right. So they slide into that personal story and then they let go of their own personal well-being. Yeah. Because the tension between the two, right, is is too much. And they're achievers on top of all that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they're achievers and they're driven and they want to make a difference and they, and and they want to be there for their staff. So all those things together, right, ends up where they don't have the energy to fulfill their responsibilities or serve the staff and the organization, right? So it it impacts their resilience and their further risk of burnout. Yeah. And I don't, I think they lose the recognition of how important it is, you know, for all those reasons you mentioned, just how important it is that they don't let go of that personal well-being. Yeah. It's a struggle. It right. Is. Hey, we've lived it. Yeah, we, we have. lived it. We let go of it. Right. We we've, have. We've lived through that and had our lessons around that. And it's not a judgment, right? It's a no. reality, and we just see it over and over as we talk to healthcare leaders. You know that that tug and that responsibility to the organization and to their teams is so powerful and so strong. It just leads them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because we recognize both are equally important, um, we've been very uh, intentional and thoughtful about, about developing a dual strategy to help healthcare leaders and clinicians um, and healthcare organizations because of that system piece, which we recognize is very, very important. And the dual strategy is to help, you know, both the individual at the clinician leadership level and also the organization at the health and health systems level to take action against clinician burden with an approach that um, really impacts both. It impacts the professional well-being and the personal well-being. And the first is uh, the Healthy Healing Organization or H2O Framework that we've developed uh, along with our coaching and consulting services. And this really helps healthcare organizations transform from the inside out and uh, to combat burnout by creating healthy healing work cultures where leaders and clinicians can experience professional well-being and they can really thrive. Well, and it is, right, it starts in that environment, right? Starts and there. when you spend the majority of your time at work, you got to have a healthy 
work culture, right? right. So that so NAM is right on when it comes to that. That was the number one recommendation. Yeah, without a healthy work culture or an environment, it's not going to happen. So that's critical. But again, we know it's personal work, right? Mm-hmm. It takes internal work for each individual, and that support is needed as well. And so that's where our dynamic balance effect framework comes in, which helps leaders trade burnout for balance and resilience, introduces them to some of these concepts around polarities and how to ban- how to really manage the tensions in their life. And um, and then, you know, it leads them to having their own personal well-being and resilience so they can step into being the role model, demonstrating how to live a well-balanced and resilient life and, you know, give clinicians something to look up to and to also, you know, duplicate in their mm-hmm. own lives, right? Mm-hmm. Gives yep. them that opportunity. Yeah. And in the H12 framework is the our um, pillar around people because people are the heart of the organization, right? Makes that inclusive of some of the elements of the DBE framework are included in that. And this helps us to address both the system and the individual professional well-being. Yep. All wrapped up. All wrapped up with a bow. <laughs> with a bow, yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, here's the bottom line. We can't not address the need for personal well-being at the individual and system level. It's, it, it we'll just never get to where we want to be and where we should be. And um, so at the, you know, individual level, the first step is prioritizing and taking care of yourself. And taking care of yourself first um, is a priority and your own personal well-being. So that needs to be front and center. And that can start um, by just you looking at the other interdependent tensions that exist. Just start there. You know, the tension between work and home, that's a critical one for us to manage and leverage. A doing and being. Healthcare leaders are doers. How well are we really balancing doing and being? Um, activity and rest is another one. And, you know, taking care of yourself and taking care of others. Mm-hmm. So it's really having a keen awareness of that. And then what you can do about it, how you can have a dual strategy around all of those things. And then we also know that, you know, a healthy work culture begins with each person and is enhanced by self-work. And it's that self-work that really creates uh, the support and possibility for people to to change, to transform, and then it greatly improves their professional and personal well-being and, um, and really achieve more of a work-life balance. Not necessarily integrating, but really work-life balance. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, as as Nam re- reported, key is this positive work environment. And we get it, right? Like, yes, every individual is an individual. We're all unique. We all have different needs. So to have the system try to take on the accountability for everybody's personal well-being, that's just not going to happen. But what you have to do is create the environment, right, for the person to thrive within that environment professionally and then give them access to the resources, other opportunities for them to take accountability and responsibility for their personal well-being, right? Right. right. That's all we're saying here, yep. right? It's both. We've got an individual accountability and a system accountability, organizational accountability. Give them every opportunity to develop that personal well-being within the realm of what you can offer, right? 
Well, thank you for it. Well, yeah, sure <laughs> right? they will. Right. Well, you it's know, some like, people don't know where to go. They don't know. know where to start. And so when you can provide opportunities for them to grow and evolve, and and I don't think it's wrong to set the expectation, right, that everybody owns their own well-being. And I if they're either. not, if they don't have personal well-being, the chances of them contributing to a healthy professional organization that has well-being will be limited, right? Because yep. they're bringing that to work they're with them every with them. single day. Right? Yeah, yep, absolutely. And so, and, and you know, one of the other things in the report too was really about the the impact of professional relationships, right? The the healthy relationships among the professions, the clinicians and leaders that work together. And one of the things we know that's critical for that is um, is really infrastructures, right, that support that coming together in meaningful ways, meaningful conversation to develop relationships, to have the humanness, right, show up in the organization. That's how you create a welcoming, healthy, healing environment is to recognize who we are as people and who we are professionally, mm-hmm. right? Both come in the door. Right. Every day, right? Yep, yep. And so, you know, we need actions to uh, support both of those things at the individual level and then the the organizational level as well. And, you know, uh, you know, so these are things what we've got 30 years experience around Mm -hmm. this stuff, right? So if you if you are interested in knowing more, if this is something that, you know, you're not quite sure what to do or how to start, you want to have some conversation about that, you can reach out to us through our our website, missinglogic.com. We'll be yeah. happy to chat with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the reason we have to, um, you know, move forward on this is we don't want any clinician or leader kind of left behind, right? With work that's not meaningful, uh, lack of engagement at work, um, just being professionally frustrated and unfulfilled because of these factors. And at the same time, uh, we don't want them to have a lack of meaningful existence and a meaning, you know, a life that's not meaningful, um, or have a poor quality of life, or experience negative health outcomes. Right, and those are all the things that are at risk if we don't balance both. Yes, right. Yeah. But on the other side of that is if we do, if we give attention yep. to both our professional well-being and personal well-being at both the individual and system level, then we can have meaningful work. Right. We can be fully engaged in our professional uh, work and activities. We can be supported by our healthcare organization. Feel fulfilled professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we can have a meaningful uh, life and existence outside of work. <laughs> Yeah, we can have quality of life, right? That that um, fulfills us and makes us feel energized, and we ex- can experience positive health outcomes as well. Now, who would not want that? I don't know. I, I don't it. know either. But that's what's available to us, right? When yeah. we have a dual action strategy for both of these things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we work through uh, what needs to occur to support that. Right? Yeah. So at the you know we look ahead. With this dual action strategy, what we end up with is thriving healthcare leader or healthcare professional who practices in and contributes to a healthy healing work culture and at the same time experiences a strong sense of personal well-being. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's where we can go. That's where we can go. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it takes that. Uh, that strategy, it takes that attention, it takes the organizations to be engaged and mm-hmm. committed, and it takes the individuals to be engaged and committed to. Right, right. Yeah. So there we go. So there you go. All about our 
interdependency between professional well-being, personal well-being, and and what's available to us. What's available and how important it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we we don't want to make light. We know this is uh, this takes work, right? Yep. It takes work, but it can be accomplished, and especially if we work on it together. Right? Yeah. So. Right. Right. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. And we look forward to being with you again on our next episode. Yeah. So take care. Stay safe, strong, and healthy. Yep. See See you you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks as always for listening to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. We'd love to hear and answer your questions. If you have questions, you can email us at questions at missinglogic.com and we may include your question in a future episode. You can find show notes and links at our website, www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast. If you're the kind of leader who wants to help others, then share this podcast with your peers and other healthcare leaders. We're certain if you found value in it, they will too. Please share this on your social media channels and leave us a review in iTunes. If you don't know how to leave a review, you can find instructions on our website at www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast.